It's good to have you in the house. Well, we're going to switch things up a little bit today. Um, you're used to me. You're used to my patter. You're used to my jokes. You're used to the way I do things. But somebody you haven't got to see a whole lot of uh, in Passion Church uh, is someone else who is as anointed maybe more than your pastor and uh, someone who, who knows how to divide the Word of God rightly and someone who knows how to fight in the trenches and someone who knows how to make a stand sometimes that's even, that, that I even marvel at, the strength that comes from this individual. It's somebody that I know very intimately and I've walked with, talked with, know them on a daily basis. Someone whose life has, has not only helped change mine, but helped mold mine in the ways of the Lord. And I've watched and I'm, I'm, I never cease to be amazed at the strength in the first lady of this house. Would you welcome Pastor Colleen as she comes. I just need y'all to pray with me for a minute. I am full and overflowing this morning. I know that I know that I know that I know what God's given me is right now on time for this body. But I want to make sure I keep everything in order and do it the way that he wants it done because there's a whole lot of stuff God's going to... <laughs> Worship team, y'all killed it today. It was amazing. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, I just I submit myself to you right now, Father. Lord, it's been a long time since I've been up here, God. And Father, I just pray right now, God, that I could hide behind you and your anointing, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that what you've given me this morning, God, would come out the way that you want it to come out, Father. Lord, I know that sometimes you use my mouth, sometimes uh, strong, and to say things in a strong way, Father. Lord, I'm not feeling that today, but I don't know. You might switch things up on me. Um, so I just want to submit myself to you fully, God, to use me however you see fit today, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that the words that, that you've given me today, God, that it penetrates every single heart in this house today, God. Father, we pray for the children's ministry as they're over there teaching and instructing our children, God, that, that today, God, that your Holy Spirit would show up in a powerful way, God, and that just wreck those kids over there, Father. And we just thank you and we praise you for it, Father. And Lord, I just ask, God, that you just help me to keep things in order of how you want me to deliver it. And I just thank you and I praise you right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jason, I know I told you that one video at the end, and we're probably going to stick with that plan. I thank God for audio people that can go on the fly. Um, you know, it's like I, I sent him some stuff a couple days ago, and he was cool with that. Well, then this morning, I sent him a whole bunch more. And um, he's like, aren't you glad you have somebody that can just go with? I'm like, yeah, absolutely, because in this house, we believe in letting the Spirit of the Lord do what he wants to do. Amen. Amen. I know one thing the Lord wants me to talk about is the culture of this house. Passion Church is different. Amen. We are different. Amen. And God's called us that way. I know when Lonnie and I started ministry, I, we were just talking the other day, and I was kind of calculating in my head, and then I had to start using my fingers. Um, but we've been full-time ministry 
um, pastoring full-time ministry for 25 years. It was 25 years, August the 2nd of 98 is when we started pastoring full-time as senior pastors. That doesn't count associate pastor time and music time and all that kind of stuff. So, But just senior pastoring has been 25 years, and it's like, wow. And he goes, what do you think it's going to look like in another 25 years? And I go, well, dude, you can be here if you want to be, but I ain't going to be here. And then I started calculating again in my head and had to start using my fingers. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I will be here. I will only be in my 80s. I don't plan on checking out anytime soon, guys. So uh, who knows what 25 years is going to look like, but I, I can't wait. It's, it's been a ride so far, and he promised me when he, when he asked me to marry him that he promised me a ride of my life, and it has been. Sometimes I've been hanging on for dear life. Other times it's like, this is fun. But yeah, it's, it's been good. But anyway, um, the culture of this house, the Lord spoke to me many years ago, and actually he spoke to me even before we came to Cameron, Missouri. Um, but the fill of that word that he gave me has never left me. It's always just been with me. And one thing that he said was, God is going to bring revival through our children and our worship. And so it's like I've just kind of been watching how everything just kind of has been unfolding the last 25 years. And I will tell you, when we first started in ministry, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I'm going to flow. I'm just going to flow. And so when we started in ministry, um, the, the main thing that we had a problem staffing was worship. For how many years? Three years? Four years, for four years of our ministry, we did canned music. We got out the good old Hillsong music, um, and we worshiped with Hillsong and Clint Black, Clint Brown, and uh, the different worship leaders back in that day and stuff, and they led us into worship every single week, and it worked. God graced us for that, but having worship leaders, we, it, was, it was non-existent. And then children's ministry uh, was another ministry that, you, do, you know, most churches have a hard time finding people to work children's ministry, but I will give kudos to this house. That doesn't happen in this house. This house, the kids are loved and adored and cherished, and we have people that say, I want to work with the kids, and it's a blessing. And so we've never really struggled much in this house. Trisha may beg to differ with me, but for the most part, we've done pretty well with volunteers. Um, one thing I wanted to point out too is, um, if you're, especially if you're new to this house, you'll see on, uh, Sunday mornings when we have worship time, you know, the kids will come forward. Well, we tried something new. We tried something new a few months ago and it just wasn't working. And so what we tried was just the kids to stay with you parents and then you parents lead your children into worship. And if they wanted to come forward, you come forward with them and you kind of help instruct them and all that kind of stuff. Well, some of you parents got real lazy on us and that didn't happen. And so um, we did a change. It's like, you know, if it ain't working, let's go back to what was working. And so what was working is we have an amazing volunteer group that has a heart for worship. And not just worship for adults, but worship for our children as well. And so we asked them, Pastor and I asked them if they would be interested in, let's go on back to the old way of doing things, taking our kids back, giving them 10, 15 minute instruction of what worship looks like, the different um, 
uh, ways to worship, whether you lift your hands, clap your hands, whether you dance, you know, whatever, whatever there is, their posture of worship. And so they immediately, without hesitation, said, absolutely, pastors, we would love to do that. And so that's why we have a five-minute countdown clock. And so what, when that happens, your children automatically go back to children's church, and for that time while they're back there, they're being instructed how to worship, what worship looks like, what are the different postures of worship. And so when they come back in here, they've been instructed on how they're supposed to behave up here. Um, because we were finding that the kids were just kind of playing and just kind of having a good time. And this is a chat session, a chat time for them to get up here with their friends and just to kind of hang out and all that kind of stuff. And that's not what this is about. And so just teaching them the, the reverence of the Lord. So again, the culture of this house, our children will never be silenced in this house. Our children will never be put on the back burner in this house. Our children will always be in the forefront of this ministry, always. And um, always, it's never gonna change, ever. And I think we have an amazing, we have the best children's ministry in the world. I honestly, truly did God believe that. And the person, I want Trisha to stand up for a second. Again, I wasn't going to do this either, but God's saying so. Trisha's our children's pastor. And she is amazing. And her husband, Chris, gets to work alongside her some when he's not having to work and stuff. But um, Trisha takes on the book of our children's ministry and makes sure that the volunteers are in place and everybody has their stuff. And I know she's, she has a team of people that work with her, so it's not just strictly Trisha. Um, there are many people that I could give kudos to in this ministry, but we don't have time to do all that. But Trisha is, she is She's the leader of our kids' ministry, and girl, I want you to know you're rocking it. You're doing a great job, and I know there are times when it's like I'm exhausted. I don't know if I have another ounce in me to give. These kids are exhausting. The different changes are exhausting, but I want you to know you're making a difference. And I told myself I wasn't gonna cry today because I don't like to. Yeah, um, Pastor said for, to give another kudos. Kendra and Christian, stand up. Where'd she go? Kendra, Christian. Uh, these people. These people work very closely with Pastor and I, um, administrative assistant, uh, pastoral assistant. I don't know what you want to call him, but... Just don't call him late for dinner. And Christian loves fried chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy. Well, he likes the gravy better than any of it. So uh, homemade gravy. It can't be the canned stuff. It has to be homemade. So anyway, um, Kinder and Christian, they came to Pastor and I when we were in the old building. And I know Robin was part of that group and Tony and the ones that had kids that are now teenagers at that time came to Pastor and I and said, listen, we would like to take on starting something for our kids. Hence, kids thing. And so Pastor and I said, green light, go for it, do it. And um, they would get with their kids. That was, I, th I think that time it was weekly. Was it weekly? Every Friday they were getting with these young kids, which are now, like I said, our teenagers, like our Matthew and Josiah and Drayton and Brody, those boys. So 
ready to graduate kids and um, teaching them the things of the Lord and how to lay hands on one another and how to prophesy and how to pray and just just the things that kids aren't taught. And so anyway, that bloomed into a whole different thing. And so that started kids thing. And so um, kids thing has just always been, they're like, well, what are we going to name it? And I'm like, let's just call it kids thing. They're like, okay, but people may not know what kids thing is. I'm like, they'll figure it out. Kids thing. It's kids thing, right? And so that happens once a month, the third, the third Friday of every month. Um, if you have a child in this church and they're not coming to kids thing, get them here because these kids are changing their worlds. Amen? Get them here. It is very, 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 very important that they are with their peers and they are learning how to do ministry together. Amen? Okay, I think I'm done with that. I want to make sure I'm done with that. Thank you, Jesus. I am a person that I believe in scripture. And so when I speak, I have a lot of scripture. And pastor's like, sometimes you overdo the scripture and I can't help it because I believe that I have to lay everything that I am saying based upon the word of God. If I get up here and just talk, it's just talk. And you can get that in any other church. But today, I wanna make sure that you walk away from here with scripture, that you are armed and dangerous to change your world, amen? Again, like I told you, it's gonna be a different day. Um, Jason, I'm gonna have you go ahead and start running my slideshow. So behind me, you're gonna see different images. And those images are gonna play throughout me talking the whole time until I tell them to stop doing it. Um, so as you look at that, you can look at that more than you can look at me and I would, that would be great. So anyway, um, just start looking at that, of those pictures of Jesus with the children. I just absolutely love them. So I went through and I handpicked these pictures and so these are ones that kind of ministered to me. So the first scripture is Proverbs 22:6. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Yes. Psalms 127.3, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children in one's youth. Can I have the grandparents say amen? amen. I'm telling you, when you have, you have babies when you're young for a reason. Proverbs 17.6, grandparents, point to yourself if you're a grandparent, Say this speaking to me. Grandparents have the crowning glory of life, grandchildren. And it's only proper for children to take pride in their parents. Proverbs 17, 6. 2 Timothy 1, 5. As I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line, it began with your grandmother Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother Eunice. And it is clear that you two are following in the footsteps of their godly example. That was Timothy being spoken to. That, you know, there's a lineage here. Laying on of hands was passed on to your mom, from your grandmother to your mother, and then to you. So things are passed on from generation to generation. Amen? Deuteronomy 4.9 says, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. I'm going to stop right there at that bit of scripture. So we're talking about children today. Can you tell? So we're talking about how we are to train children in the way they should go. It is our responsibility as moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas to train our children up in the way they should go. I'm going to tell you right now, 
we have an enemy that wants our children. Can I hear an amen? amen? If you as a grandma, grandpa, mom and dad are not teaching your children the ways of the Lord, you better be. Jason, I'm gonna have you switch, or Austin, have you switch to the one picture of the little kid walking? Austin's looking at Jason like, I don't know what you're talking, look at that, isn't that not precious? I love that, that just blesses my heart. One thing I loved about, that was last Sunday, is she was looking at Kendra and imitating her. Imitating is not wrong. Some people may sit in your chairs and you may go, well, all those kids are doing is imitating what they're seeing. Uh, Yeah. The Bible says to imitate me as I imitate God. That's what the word says. So these children at least thank God they've got somebody godly that they can look to to imitate of how to worship. So these scriptures are talking about, as they're getting it together, talking about training up children in the way they should go, and the responsibility lies on us as moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. It lies on us, because if we don't do it, the world will do it, and the world will not do it the way that it's supposed to be done. I mean, we are seeing that. We are seeing that all over the place. There's my picture. Can we make it any bigger? So... This picture, when I saw this picture, it just screamed at me that if we do not guard our children, this is what's walking hand in hand with them. This scene, I guarantee you, you will see in any public school walking down the hallways with children. If this doesn't frighten you, As a mom and a dad and a grandma and grandpa, then I don't know what to tell you. I really, really don't. Because that that picture alone, just that enemy, just that devil, just holding that kid's hand like he's a friend of that child makes me just cringe inside. So I am challenging you, if you're not taking your role serious today, I want you to walk out of here with a different mindset, that it's your role to play and you gotta play it. You only get to raise them once. Amen? You only get to raise them once. Did you hear me? One time. You only get one time to raise them. And it happens fast. It happens. You don't blink. Just don't blink. So let's talk about children in the Bible. So Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. 2 Chronicles 34.1. Josiah, eight years old. Okay, who in here is, who in here, tell me somebody, because I know they're probably not in here right now, who is eight years old, a kid? Stana's eight. Stana, our little Stana is eight years old. Knox, grooms, eight years old. Joseph Eldridge, eight years old. Eight years old, Josiah was called to be king to lead a nation, eight years old. So don't tell me that children don't have a part to play in the kingdom of God. Again, back to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. My young people, my teenagers, people are watching you. They're watching you. So this right here tells you to to make sure that you take care of yourself in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't be the rowdy, 
bratty kid that everybody looks at and goes, oh my gosh, can you believe that kid? And then they come up here on Sunday mornings and act like they're all holier than thou. But then we, out here we hear them doing all this kind of stuff. Don't be that kid. We don't have those kind of kids. But that ain't our kids. But I'm just giving them instruction. That's what I'm doing. I'm, just, I'm being a grandma. I'm just giving y'all instruction. Don't be that kid. Amen? Amen? Okay, you're all ready to get into the good stuff? At that time, the disciples came to ask Jesus. My picture's good deal. At that time, the disciples came to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? <laughs> I can't even believe that conversation even happened, but it did. Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable like a little child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this little child is the greatest one in kingdoms, heaven's kingdom realm. And if you tenderly care for this little one on my behalf, you are tenderly caring for me. But if anyone abuses one of these little ones, heads up. If anyone abuses one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. Those are some pretty strong words that Jesus is given here. I mean, I think he's kind of wanting us to get the point. These are my kids. I'm holding this kid right here. And you're fighting over who's the greatest in the kingdom. Seriously? So he pulls a little kid up to him, and then he gives the, this command. If anyone hurts one of these little ones, it would be better for you to have a boulder, a millstone, something super heavy tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Was he making a point? I think he was making a point, right? Misery will come to the one who lures people away into sin. Troubles and obstacles to your faith are inevitable, but great devastation will come to the one guilty of causing others to stumble. And then this is where I kind of was like going, when I was reading yesterday, I like keeping things in context, but for some reason, I guess I never kept this one in context. He doesn't stop. He doesn't change subjects at all. He says, if your hand clings to sin, cut it off and throw it away. If your foot continually steps onto sin's path, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better for you to enter into heaven crippled and maimed than to have both hands and both feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. If your eye is always focusing on sin, pluck it out and throw it away. For it's better for you to enter into heaven with one eye than to be thrown into hellfire with two. Be careful that you do not corrupt one of these little ones, for I can assure you that in heaven, each of their guardian angels, so if you've ever wondered if there really are guardian angels, there are really guardian angels, always sees the face of my heavenly father. That is Matthew 18, 1 through 10. As we were in the prayer room this morning, and I prayed, because God's had this heavy on my heart for months. I mean, this has been months that I've been crying out for the children around the world, but especially the children of America. And then when the movie Sound of Freedom came out, who all saw that movie? If you have not seen that movie, you need to see that movie because it truly shows you what is going on. It's a true story about a brother and a sister who were abducted and sold into sex slavery. And then how these men, the underground people guy, Tim, what's his name, Tim Ballard, went in with his team and rescued some, a lot of children, a lot of children, and still, still to this day rescue children. 
But it's like, as I'm sitting there watching this movie, I could hardly believe my eyes that this was truly a true story and that this is going on. This is, well, they were showing it in, in uh, Costa Rica, but this is, or not Costa Rica, Mexico or something like that. But this is going on in America, the United States of America, this country, yes. this community, yes. this community. I don't even want to talk about Kansas City. This community, Cameron, Missouri, human trafficking, children being abducted is happening in this community. He gave very strong words of what happens to people who mess with children. Amen? And that is the attitude that this house has about our children. You mess with our children, you better back up because all hell is going to break loose on you. We guard our children. Every person who works in our children's ministry has background checks. We do everything in our power to keep our children in this house protected. We go through protocols. We go through meetings of how, how to up our, our security in this house so that our children always feel protected in this house. If there's something that somebody walks in here and somebody feels weird about them, we are all alerted on the staff and we all know to keep our eye on that individual because I'm telling you, our children will not be hurt in this house. Amen? We've talked to our police chief in this, in this town. Our police chief knows our stance. He knows where we stand. So let me take it a step further. Again, I'm going strictly on what God's telling me right now. So we started a school, Cameron Christian Academy. We started it September the 5th. We've got 22 students. And how many of those students, Kendra, has come from public school? Eight Eight, nine students has come from public school. The rest of those students were homeschooled students. Eight. Y'all need to applaud on that one. And if you're used to coming to this house of worship, then you should by now know that your pastor's wife has a big mouth and she is involved in what's going on in our school board in this community. I will not shut up as long as there's breath in my lungs. I will not shut up. I will not back down. I will continue to advocate for our children. Always. The filth, the agendas that they are pushing on our children, I'm talking only about this community. I'm not talking about every place else in America that is going on too. In this community, the filth that's being poured onto our children is disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And when I can get up in a three minute that I'm given, I'm given three minutes to speak to the school board and I read out of an expert of one of these books and the filth that came out of my mouth that absolutely made me disgusted to even have to read it. But I feel like when you hear it, it makes a change. It, it does something to you when you think, oh, they're just trying to ban books. We're not trying to ban books. We're not trying to do any of that. We're trying to make a stand for our kids because we have to advocate for our children. But as I'm reading out of these books, and I have a school board member who professes Christianity. She professes to be a Christian. Matter of fact, they all do tells me, speaks about this book that I've just read that's come out of Cameron High School, and she asked the question about the educational purpose, value this book may have, that they don't want to remove it because it may have educational purpose. There's a problem. 
there's a problem. And if we don't stand up and advocate for our children that are in the public schools, because the ones that are in this house are safe, but the ones that are out there are not safe. There are people in our school districts, and now I'm talking nationwide, that are grooming children right now. They're grooming. When you have teachers, when you have librarians, tell students, you don't tell your mom and dad. Don't tell anybody. In these books, the stories that are being told says, don't say anything to your mom and dad. Don't talk about this to anybody else. That's grooming. And it's time that our eyes get wide open to what's going on. Amen? And I will fight every devil in hell. The visual that you just saw, the devil with the little kid's hand, I will fight every devil in hell until I am dead. Well, I'm not going to the grave because I'm going to be cremated. That's another story. But I will fight till there is no longer breath in my body to fight for these children. I've got three that are in public school. Right now, to my knowledge, there is no books. But I'm going to tell you right now, you ask my grandchildren who are in public school about their grandmother and how she stands on these books, and every one of them will tell you, my grandma will fight. My, I told Noah, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, boy, you go to school and you go to your library and you find any of these books, you better come tell your grandmother because I'm going to fight. I will fight for my grandkids. I will fight for your children. I like Jesus' words. It's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Mark 9, 36. Then he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he'd taken him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. We have to receive the children. Mark 10, 13. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Psalms 8, 1 through 2. Yahweh, our sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. <laughs> Strength rises up with the choruses of infants. This kind of praise has power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Yahweh, our sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Strength rises up with the choruses of infants. This kind of praise has power. What kind of praise? Children's praise has power to shut Satan's mouths. Don't put your mouth on what's going on up here on Sunday mornings. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Again, that is Psalms 8, 1 through 2. Matthew 21, 14 through 16. Then the blind and the crippled came to the temple courts, and Jesus healed them all. And the children circled around him, shouting, 
<laughs> Listen to this. Blessings and praises to the son of David. But when the chief priests and the religious scholars heard the children shouting and saw all the wonderful miracles of healing, they were furious. Who was furious? The religious people were furious. They said to Jesus, don't you hear what these children are saying? This is not right. This is what Jesus said to them. Yes, I hear them. But have you never read the scripture from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? God honors children, and it's our responsibility to train them and to teach them. I'm almost done. Our children are given to us to shape them. Our children are given to us to shape them. And if they're not shaped in the Lord, they will grow up and become a curse to you. If you withhold correction and punishment from your children, you demonstrate a lack of true love. So prove your love and be prompt to punish them. Hold up. I thought, Pastor Colleen, you were all about giving these kids great honor and glory and singing their praises and how wonderful they are. Now you're talking about whipping them. Okay, let's talk about balance. There's balance in this house, amen? Again, this is scripture. If you withhold correction and punishment from your children, you demonstrate a lack of true love. The word's saying you don't even love them. If you won't correct them and discipline them, you don't even love them. If you let your kids get by with everything, and grandchildren, if you let them get by with everything, the word's saying you don't even love them. You don't even love them. Let that sink in for a minute. So prove your love and be prompt to punish them. When they do something wrong, it's your responsibility as a parent, as a grandparent, to bring correction to them. Do you have to beat them? I didn't say beat them. I didn't say that. There is scripture that says beat the child, they won't die. But I didn't say that. I'm not even using that scripture this morning. But I mean, we are to discipline them. We are to give them correction. We are to train them and to teach them in the way they should go. Little Zimri, when he's acting up, he's nine months, 10 months old now. He's 10 months old now. And when he goes towards something that's not gonna be good for him, what do we say to him? No. And what does Zimri do? He looks around at us and gives us this cute little smile and he does it again. Now, a lot of people would be like, oh, he's so cute. You can't discipline him. He's too cute. Watch me. Because I know that I am giving him instruction and correction for when he grows up. Mom and daddy, same way. I mean, it's the same way. We give our children instruction. If you see your child going to a hot stove, if you sit back and you do nothing because, oh, you want your child to have the freedom to do what they want to do, and you don't give them any instruction, that child's going to get hurt. And who's going to be accountable for it? You are. You will be held accountable to the state. You will be held accountable to God because you didn't give your child instruction that that's dangerous. You don't touch that. So we have to train our children up of what is good and what is not good. So go back to that, you don't have to go back to that picture, but that ugly picture of that, of that demon carrying and holding that child's hand. Is that something that you want holding on to your kid's hand? Into your grandchildren's hands? Absolutely not. So then it's time that we as the adults of this house stand up and take our rightful places and correct in our kids. 
Even God, even God corrects his children. Who in here is a child of God? I'd say that's a pretty good, good count. All right, this is what it says. Hebrews 12, 7 through 8 says, Fully, fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Again, see what it says? Any loving father, if you're the father that doesn't correct your children, then you're not loving your children. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? This is not the time to lie in the house of God. Because the Bible's real clear here saying, uh, who's ever heard of that? Well, nobody. We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves that we are strangers and not sons. If God has never corrected you, if he has never, some of you have different personalities than I do, and God will come along you, alongside you gently and say, now, honey, that really wasn't the best choice here. You could have made a different choice. So let's, let's look at the choices now. This is what you did, and this is a choice that you probably should have made. This would have been a better outcome for you. Would you agree? Yeah, okay, Lord, I see that. That's not how he talks to me. <laughs> he doesn't talk to me like that at all. He comes outside. I feel like sometimes he knocks him inside the head, go, what, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Why did you let that come out of your mouth? Why did you act like that? Do you know how many people just witnessed you acting like an idiot? Do you know what you just did to your Christian witness? Somebody you've been talking to about the Lord, about me for a long time, and now you in one moment acted like a fool? That's how he talks to me. So he talks to you nice, count yourself lucky because he don't talk to me that way. And I'm glad that he doesn't because I probably wouldn't get the other. I probably would be like, who are you? <laughs> like, I don't even know, you know. So, I am the second. I'm Zimri. I am the second. Like, hi, you're cute. Huh? Yeah, that, that is me. <laughs> so, this morning as I was getting around, um, I turned on um, something because it talked about 45. And I wanted to hear what he was saying about 45. And so, I listened. And it wasn't very long. I mean, it was like... Bam, he got right into it. So I want to take a moment for you guys to get ready to play that video that I sent you this morning of Hank Kuhneman, and you'll see the minute that you'll, you'll see when the Lord starts speaking to him of how things change, but I want you to listen to this word that he gives, okay? Just listen. So just one thing, I was just thinking about, you mentioned Ronald Reagan, and how many remember, were you alive when President Reagan said, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. <laughs> now, if he was alive today, Ronald Reagan would say, United States will build that wall. <laughs> and the reason that I say that is because in the word border, there's the word order. And we have to understand that God is establishing order back in our nation again. Tony, you and I... Uh, we went down to an all-access uh, uh, tour uh, by the, the White House back in, I don't remember what year it was. And when I was there, 
I was um, grieved in my heart because I saw what was a humanitarian uh, situation. It didn't even look like a border retrain, a retention center or whatever you call it. It was, I mean, I'm watching border agents uh, changing diapers. But I remember the thing that really uh, marked my heart is there was a little boy. He must have been about, I don't know, maybe six, seven years of age. And he was with this man. And he was constantly doing this. And, and so I brought someone who spoke Spanish. And I said, can I talk to this little boy here? He said, sure. I said, young man, is this your father? Is he your brother? Is he your uncle? Do you know him? Did you come with him? And my heart grieved and I realized that there is something that is going on that is a lot more than what they're telling us. And it has to do with the injustice against the children. And I have been pressing God privately about this because I said, God, you said it's better that a millstone is tied around a neck than for to cause one of these little ones to stumble. And I think there is a lot of things that is happening within our government and within the nations right now, even with Ukraine, that they won't tell you. They're never going to tell you. But I believe that the injustice has happened to children and God is doing something behind the scenes. You know, God prophesied, Pastor Gene, before this year, he said, listen to a sound that will come and it will come from the heavens. And he said, they will say, what is this sound? What is the sound? And this is in 2022 at our conference, September 2022, about 2023. He said, there will be a sound and they'll say, what is the sound? What is the sound? The Spirit of God said, it will be that which will be known as a sound that shall come, that shall carry freedom. And 2023 shall be known as a sound and a freedom that shall arise and it shall come for the children, says the living God. This was before there was any mention of the movie, A Sound of Freedom. We have to start paying attention to what, to what the Spirit of God is saying. Even now, the Spirit of God says, I bring you to a moment when Joseph, he tested his brothers. And his brothers, they spoke lies that caused him to be indicted, caused him to be falsely accused, and caused him to go to prison. And there was one, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, that spoke great accusations against one, Joseph, that caused him to be indicted and was part of the reason that prison awaited one who was innocent. And yet I speak this at this time when many are looking and they're saying, what is happening in the earth? What is happening with these indictments? What is happening with these accusations against even 145? Is this true? Is these things correct? And God says, listen to me. Did the lies of Joseph's brothers, did the lies of Potiphar's wife ultimately prevail? No. God said, I raised up Joseph again to be a voice to bring forth my purpose, my agenda to a nation, my people. And so God says, I have placed my hand upon this man, 45. And even though the indictments have come, even though they have accused, and even though there have been lies, God says, I remind you.
you what Joseph said to his brothers. And this is what I'm doing in this nation at this time concerning 45, concerning your house and concerning your government. He looked into his brethren and he said, listen to me. What you meant for evil, God meant it for good that you would be saved and many people. And God says, look at the bigger picture now. The reason there has been the injustice, the reason there has been that which I've allowed to be lying spirits and a veil of deception is to show you the goodness of God that shall pass across this earth and my justice shall be seen. And I say to those who are in fear, why do you fear when I have spoken and I said to you that I would pass by this nation and my goodness would prevail for the sake of the children and for a generation that exists now and a generation that will come. But listen to me carefully. My word is declared that I would restore the years that the locust has stolen and they have stolen much. They have afflicted your children. They have come out the youth. But God said as Joseph stood and spoke to his brethren, I speak to you now. Do you understand that even though the youth, even though the children, they have looked and said we shall change their identity. Yet there is a movement that shall arise among the children and even among the youth. And they will say, we are born again and our identity is in Christ. And God says this movement shall spill out over into the schools, into the cafeterias, into the universities. It shall carry over into the sporting events. And the youth will lead a movement that shall cause the mothers to arise to their defense. And the fathers that shall come and say, we must come, man, woman, husband, wife, with our children. And we must stand in this land again. And God says what they have thought that they would do unto the women to disgrace them, to change even their identity. There has been this enmity that has happened even in the days when I said there would be war between the woman and thy seed of the enemy. And God says, listen to me, I will raise up as there was in the day when the woman came with an alabaster box and there was an anointing that was contained. But yet the anointing was broken. And it was spilled out. Look, I shall raise up and I will throw it in the face of the enemy. A woman that shall be appointed, anointed of me, says the living God. And you think that you have a vice president. Do not make me laugh. For I will show that there has been an angel of light. I will show that there has been a counterfeit in your house called white. And I will bring forth truth. For my spirit is the greatest entity of truth that exists in the earth. And my truth will stand and this nation shall march to that truth as I reestablish what a president looks like and I will bring forth the woman that will arise who will carry this anointing that will spill out across this country that will bring the balm of healing healing to the generation of those who have been mutilated, maligned, and that which has been brought, bringing confusion at this time. And I will set it in order as I bring the truth. Watch a man, a woman, and another man, and watch his family shall come, and they will gather by the millions, and they will say, we are taking our country back. And I will honor that, and there will be a great shift that will take place. But in the meantime, do not be fooled. For there will be that which where they will say, look at this death. What does this death mean? What does it mean now? And it will cause a frenzy. It will cause a fear. And it will cause a stirring. But God says, do not be moved by that which they would want you to believe. For it is to 
manipulate, re-manipulate, and to shake and reshape the future of your country. But God says, even though this shall take place, it will not have an effect. For I will cause my light to shine even brighter as I cause there to be one who shall speak for me in your house. And there will be a justice that will come that will cause things that have been swept under the table, laptops that have been closed, emails that seemed as though they have been forgotten. God says, do you think that my finger is not on these things? For it has been, it shall be, and there is those things in the hands of the right people and it will come forth and it will be an hour of the day of deeds and it will be known as the day of reckoning and I will vindicate those who have stood as my remnant and prayed and I will bring judgment to the wicked and I will vindicate and honor the righteous says the living God in this time. While we were in the middle of worship today, and I didn't know if it was supposed to happen during worship, and then the Lord's like, no, I want it to happen after you're done speaking. Um, I had them bring the children out. Is this all of them? Even the nursery babies? All the kids? Can we, can we line them up up here? Kind of spread them out a little bit? Because we're gonna do something. If someone can move this pulpit for me, that would be great. If you have one of these children up here. If you're a mom and a dad or a grandma and grandpa, I want you to come up here with your child. So kids, spread out a little bit because we're gonna get crowded up here. Mm -hmm. I want my, kid, my teenagers, my kids in school. I want you guys up here too. All my teens. All right, the Lord told me to give a challenge, especially to you dads. In the word, in the Old Testament, dads spoke blessing over their children. And I feel like if we're going to advance the gates of hell, our dads have to get in position covering our children. And so I'm not gonna give you a formula of what to say to your kids, but normally a blessing is something that you speak over your child. You, you kind of prophesy over them. You know, God, I thank you that they're going to do great and mighty things in your kingdom. I thank you, God, that, you know, however, whatever words God puts in your heart. And so I want you to turn around to your children, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, get around your child, get in your little groups, because this is an active thing. We're going to be active about this. I know you guys that don't have kids here, that's okay. Find, find a family to connect with. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have anybody standing with you? Jim and Joyce, grab, a, grab somebody. Grab a family. All of you that, that don't have kids here, get, a, get around a family. Austin, can you put on the song, The Blessing? Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we magnify you. We praise you. Lord, I thank you for the generations 
that are here today, God. I thank you, Lord, for the moms and the dads and the grandmas and grandpas and the great grandmas and grandpas, Lord, that are represented in this house today, Father. Lord, I pray over every single family unit in this house, God. I thank you, Lord, as these, these dads pray over their children. Lord, they may not have children here of their own, God, but they've got grandchildren or children at home someplace else, Father. I ask, God, that you would help them to speak a blessing over their children right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you and I praise you, God, that you are, you are God and that you are doing something miraculous in this house right now, Father. I thank you, Lord, that as these men begin to cover their kids... Lord, that amazing things are going to begin to happen right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We magnify you. We worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Men, take your place. It's time to take your place. If you've been on the back burner and you've been letting your wife lead this thing, it's time today to change that. Today's the day for you to step into your rightful place as the king and the priest of your homes. Wives are just waiting. We're waiting for our husbands to step into those positions. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I magnify you, God. I praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. We glorify you, Lord. I know that was different. And I know because the Lord told me that many of you fathers in here have never done that over your children because you've never been instructed to do that over your children or your grandkids. But from this moment forward, do this over your kids. It will build such a bond between you and your children that is unbelievable. Because let's face it, sometimes our kids just get under our skin and they get irritating and it's like, gosh, if I hear mom or I hear the name mom one more time, I'm gonna lose it. My gosh, they're so needy. Am I talking to anybody? But you know what? God saw you as their mom and their dad. He blessed you to parent them. He didn't bless me to, he blessed you to. So that means he's given you the grace to do it. Amen? And I'm gonna tell you right now, your children's lives, they may not voice it to you today, but I, I saw tears up here of daughters when their dads were praying over them, tears flowing down their faces. Young men, as their dads was praying over them, tears flowing. Our children are starving for that, men. They're starving for that. They're starving for dads to stand up. They're starving for the men to stand up and say, this, my son, is the way that you go. This, my son, is the way that you worship the Lord. This is how you love people. This is how you do life. Because again, if you don't do it, Satan will. I pray that this word hit your heart with the way that it was intended to hit. Our kids are everything to us. My God, our kids are everything to us. If there was one person in this house that lost their child, I wanna be there to hold you. I wanna be there. If there's one child in this house that ever got abducted, it was ever put into that trade. God, I don't even know what I would do with myself. And they're not even my kids. I would be out of my mind. But that's what family does. We stick together, amen?
We need each other so much more now than we've ever needed each other in these days. These days are dark and they're evil and they're wicked and they're vile. And the enemy wants families. So dads, my challenge, step up to the plate and lead your family. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. I didn't say be a doormat to him. I said submit to him. Submit to your husband. If he's trying, if he's trying, thank God he's trying to lead you in the ways of the Lord, submit to him. Submit's a good word. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. And when your daughters see how a wife treats her husband and a son see how dads treat their moms, that makes healthy families. And then they'll grow up to get married and have children. And they teach their children how to love their, their mate and how to parent their children. That's how it all starts, guys. So today's a new day. From this moment forward, I'll grant you, you didn't know because you weren't taught. But from this moment forward, don't let their frustrations get under your skin where you're saying bad things to your kid. Because out of your mouth is life and death. You speak life and death out of your, into your child. Every time you say something to them that is good, you are speaking life. And if you're speaking bad things to them, calling them names, whatever, you're speaking death into them. Don't be those people. Amen. We are raising up warriors in this house. And this generation is going to do so much more than we ever thought we would ever see happen. Because they have to. They have to. With what they've been handed in our states, they have to. And it's our responsibility to, tr to teach them and to train them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you guys still love me? Yeah. I don't care whether you do or not. <laughs> I had to say what I had to say. Because I believe it with every fiber in my being. Everything in me, I believe it. Raise your hands. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, God, for today. Father, I am delivered. I have said what you had on my heart, God. I know that things were done in the spirit today, God. I know that children's lives were touched and even changed today because dads took their place in the home. Father, I thank you, God, that they would not be lazy, but they would continue this, God. That they would begin to pray with their children. They would begin to sit around the table once again as family units, God, talking about the goodness of God. Opening up your word, seeing what the word says about things. When they come home frustrated, that the parent would be there to, to love them and to listen to them and to give them instruction and to guide them. Instead of just immediately going off the handle and, and whatever. Let today be the day that change is made in our families and we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, and more than anything else, God, we want you right smack dab in the middle of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.